0: This week on the podcast, we're talking how to prep a session in 20 minutes or less. A few themes and a couple of techniques that you can use to prep a session when you're in a time crunch. Welcome to Week Speak Common. Okay, let's do it. Hello. Hello. How you doing? You all
1: right, Joe? Doing very well, mate. Very okay. well. How are you doing, Benjamin?
0: Uh, not too bad. Having a jolly old good time. Um, going well on the old Reddit the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice nice amount of interaction from r slash D&D Next, who uh, joined for not last week's episode the weekend before where we had Phoebe in um and a lot of people saying they like hearing British people talking about Dungeons and Dragons which is um well we are here to fill that niche well that is the point because one of the things we said was that it's there's so much about it all in America because obviously that's where it originates from and there's a lot of just a bigger community for it so yeah but we also just have like better banter and (laughs) more you know. <laughs> than Americans? Yeah, so it's just
1: it's more it's refreshing to hear some decent banter and that you know.
0: It's like that thing I never th- I never hear a British accent until I like I realise that every every single show I'm watching has American accents in it, and then I hear a British one next, and I'm like, oh, is that what we sound like? Bar like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a bit different, yeah. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I'm not ready to talk about how Game of Thrones.
1: Ended, no, I mean you. I need to re- so- I need to recover a little bit first.
0: Yeah, yeah, am will go over that. And
1: the fact that he's not gonna release another book, let's face it, it's not gonna happen, is it, mate? <laughs> mate, he might get one out. He's not he,
0: even started. He
1: might a get dream of spring. He'll get one out, I reckon. Yeah, but he's not gonna finish it in one, is he? No, but I, I think that once that one comes out, if he does really well, that'll spur him on to do because he can do it. He can do it. He's he, just he writes. He's written like the first three also, with like two year gaps in between. He's so. also
0: said he's working on f- he's working on five shows, and uh, he's consulted on a video game. And he's doing other stuff as well. So, like, he's just busy, man. He's just a busy man now. But I still don't think he should have sold the rights to Game of Thrones until he finished the story. But, you know.
1: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he thought he was going to be well done before they got to even, like, season four. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyway, that's a discussion for another podcast. This week, we're going to talk about how to prepare for a session of D&D as a DM in, hopefully, 20 minutes or more. Twenty minutes, at or least less. twenty minutes or less. It's definitely twenty minutes. You or more. can definitely do Hopefully. it in twenty minutes or more. Hopefully, well, yeah, technically true. Slash, technically true. Now we can post this episode there. Excellent.
1: Um,
0: yeah, te- yeah. Well, I'm aiming for like twenty minutes or less, but it's probably gonna first couple of times probably gonna come out at about forty minutes or less. I would reckon. Um, I want to. I want to just preface preface this with a caveat in that to do this you have to know your world first this isn't going to be I'm going to start a brand new campaign it's session number one I can prepare it in 20 minutes or less it's not going to happen no this is for when your world is realised you you know the place you know the law. you know the background you kind of know the story this is for when you've been playing for I don't know, five sessions mm-hmm. minimum
1: and, and it helps think, to know uh, your players and what their general tendencies are um, yeah. you can get an idea if, if they're going to throw you for a loop basically mm-hmm. um normally like for instance with my players i know they're pretty generally good about sticking on the story and i know they they do get sidetracked by different things Mm -hmm. um but there is a general through line which that almost well every character is invested in because of how the story is set up yeah each character has personal ties to the say overall goal shall we say and because of that um if I need to plan something quickly, I know what to focus my time on. So I think the first thing is identifying what am I focusing my time on here? I would say, to be honest, I wouldn't really focus much on encounter building or anything like that.
0: So there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a difference there. Like if you're planning a session that's for a session that's stopped halfway for another one, like say you're starting off an encounter, that's going to be incredibly easy to plan for because you know exactly where everyone is and what they're doing. If you're starting a session from like... They've, they've wrapped up what they were doing last session and now they're going to start new stuff it's a bit more difficult I think
1: definitely I would say so just going on like encounters and stuff like that I'll, generally I generally if I haven't got a lot of time I won't worry about building complex encounters and things like that especially if the players are, might miss them anyway Yeah, you want to spend your time on stuff that you, you know is going to be useful to you in the session if I do have to pull a encounter out somewhere a good tip I find is to find one big monster or two or three big monsters as opposed to like ten little ones because then yes. if you're getting ten little ones there's a lot of setup you've got to get all their HP's down mm-hmm. you've got to roll all their initiatives it takes a long time and if you're not prepared beforehand it's going to really hold up the session but if you can and so instead of the party comes across ten goblins and four orcs that are about to ambush them on the road maybe they just come across like two trolls yeah
0: so an it's, example from my last session was I knew that there was going to be some travel so, I built some in my mind. I came up with a couple of encounters that I could do along the road. One of them, which they did come across, was a um, I, can't, I think it was a dire troll. Um, one of the ones from uh, modern kinans, maybe Volos that had um been eating a bear um, and had been affected by some stuff going on in the world which is why it wasn't just a normal troll and that was the encounter the encounter was there's going to be a troll that's eating a bear and that's what they have to deal with Mm -hmm. Um, and I just had it in the back of my head and I knew where the troll stat block was and I was good to go so that's somewhat obvious
1: but that's a good tip it's just when it comes to encounters and stuff like that sometimes it's just easier to do a few single enemies as opposed to a menagerie of um, different ones obviously if you've got the time then you (laughs) thank you (laughs) if you've got the time you can create a very complex encounter with lots of different synergies and stuff like that between monsters and have it be a real challenge challenge and really awesome but as i say if you ain't got too much time then it's just best to just uh grab a couple of big ones um and also with the new books as well there's a lot of good ones that handle being on their own better than yes. other ones yes. like for instance those trolls that when they take damage um they inflict damage back like uh, the poison trolls and yeah, stuff and acid trolls because you're essentially getting your attacking the players when it's not your turn even mm. though you don't have so legendary actions Yeah, so yeah. then the action economy balances out um, it's the same when like a you can still you could have like a level 10 player and even if they're going up against like CR3 creatures if they've got if, like, if they're getting attacked 10 times around mm. they're probably still going to lose just mm. because the amount of attacks going their way you know when you get into multiples it really changes the power dynamic mm-hmm. um, but like I say a lot of big monsters these days in the new books uh, can handle being on their own more efficiently or maybe just having one or two other
0: companions with I them. actually always look at the newer books than I do the core Monster Manual for for creatures because I just I think they've got more diversity to them and they're more interesting I just think they're better designed yeah and we're just the group that I'm DMing for is, is at a higher level now where the stuff in the Monster Manual unless I'm going for like big stuff like dragons and things um or like a Beholder or something um, and even then I will look at Volos for Beholders because it's got a whole chapter on them you know so mm-hmm. um, I do look at Volos and Conans and more than I look at the Monster Manual unless I know what I'm going for and that's a follow up to that is if you know your world and you know some reoccurring things that you can bring in like I in, in my game there is a group of Red Cloaks that are following the party that keep coming back so I know the stat blocks that I can use for them mm-hmm. and if the situation arises I know I can flick open the book find the star block and drop them in. Indeed.
1: And so if we take it from, say, like, uh, I guess the hardest position you could be in, like a quest just wrapped up, there's not a massive amount of direction for the players. Mm. Now, initially, this seems like a very difficult position because you're like, well, I don't know where they're going to go. But yeah. this is actually a very easy position to be in because it's up to you. You mm-hmm. can now implant, introduce the next big hook. Yeah. So if you haven't got a lot of time to plan, just focus on one big hook. Now, the players might not pick it up there and then, but if you've got enough you know basic improvisation skills, you can... Um, humour them enough until they do either get onto the big hook or you get to the next session, you have more time and you continue to plan because what, here's the thing, if you're at the end of a quest you've not got anything tying you down you mm. can bring
0: in anything now to the players and it in- won't feel like you're taking them away from something. Exactly. What I really like as well, and there's actually a, a technique that I want to talk about in a bit um, that I've started using and enjoying using, that you might like, um, is that playing that way which this technique feeds into gives you as a dm more chance to improvise on the fly and i'm not saying you should go into a session improvising the whole thing i don't think that works but it gives you the chance to let the players drive the story more and that for me as a dm i find more fun
1: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely when you can be liberated from your notes somewhat it's um, it's definitely more dynamic and i would say also that I would say the first thing I would do is look at the notes from the previous session. What things are carrying over? What things do I need to bring into this session or do I think would be fun things to bring in, right? And so I would say identify maybe two or three things. Maybe an NPC the players are probably going to interact with again. So first of all, like we've spoken before about motivations and fears and stuff like that, I'd quickly look at that like, okay, what is the mind state of this NPC? What do they want? What's their goals for this session? What are they doing? Yeah. Boom. Figure that out quickly. Maybe a few bullet points there and figure out where they are how are the PCs going to bump into them dumb Mm -hmm. then i would say maybe it's a a location maybe the player's already probably going to head to this location and you haven't fleshed out too much you just have the baseline well if you know your world you know where it is you know what sort of characters are going to inhabit it you probably know what sort of monsters are going to inhabit it. if you've got a good understanding of your world if you've Mm -hmm. sent the players there to begin with you have some idea of what's going on there Mm -hmm. even if it's not massively maybe you've sent them to a massive dungeon which you haven't planned and now you're uh, starting off well, it yeah. doesn't matter you all you've got to do is figure out like the first three rooms of that dungeon or maybe if you don't even want them going in there yet make a very complex entry to the dungeon yeah. or you make a you don't uh, have to make a, a mad puzzle or anything or just extend the time it takes to get there make it difficult to get there again Yeah,
0: travel time is is something that i used to struggle with a lot and i, I sometimes i still do because i can i can say right you go over you travel for a few days and nothing happens kind of thing um but if you if you if you can't if you don't think you've got the time to build that next location, then build on the the traveling build an interesting encounter that's going to be the majority of the session that's going to happen along the way
1: mm, indeed, and there are lots of like random tables and stuff you can roll. I don't use those myself for random encounters, but Here's the thing. When players are traveling, that gives you all the agency because you get to decide as the DM how long it's going to take them. And I don't mean like the physical distance, how fast can you travel every day. I mean how many encounters are they going to come across? What's going to happen? Like Mm -hmm. my players have basically been traveling for like the past five sessions. Yeah. I could have had them get where they're going in like a session if I wanted, or I could extend it another 50 sessions, you know, now we've we've (laughs) we've spoken about pacing and how that's important that you you pace your games appropriately, but you have the agency there. So all you've got to do is think, okay, maybe I've got this thing carrying over. Oh, this thing happened like four sessions ago, I see in my notes here. Maybe I'll tie that back in. Maybe that NPC is going to resurface. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like an old villain. Like they're going to, they wronged this person and you know I'm going to level them up a bit and they're going to come back and have this encounter on the road. It'll be a fun like, maybe it would be like a comedic break sort of thing from, yeah. from the rest. Like the bard you spilt your drink on in, in the pub is now coming back with he's his man. He's
0: been mate. following you this whole time. And he's
1: he's like, like we're saying, bringing out a big monster. He's um, hired two big, um, like, leaky acid trolls with him. So it's this bard and that. <laughs> That's kind of uh, fun. So you've only got three stat blocks to work with. They come out, and maybe it's going to be a non-combat encounter. The players will probably want to talk to this guy before they instantly murder him because they're going to be confused as to what's going on. Mm. Um also, just little visual things. Like I, I spoke about in the last podcast how everything in my game starts off with a visual. Yeah. So, for instance, if your players are, say... So, maybe you've got that point. They're in the town. Okay, I'm going to introduce the next big hook. We're going to bring this NPC in, like we've just spoken about. So, that's all set up. You, The NPC is going to send them to this temple in uh, the desert, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's the image? Maybe I think the image is um a large worm bursting out over the sand dunes mm. like 500 like i don't know maybe a uh, thousand feet away yeah so it's not even a combat encounter
0: they just witness but it but
1: the players witness it as they're trudging through the desert maybe i'll add a couple of exhaustion mechanics or heat problems they have to deal with so what happens is is they get there into the desert and then they see this now it's taking me no effort at all to put that in mm. it's like a line of dialogue or and li- it's
0: something they can come back to they can they come to. back to
1: they can explore it and go push forward um it's a hook in itself it's a hook and if nothing else it just builds the theme of this dangerous um, wasteland or yeah wasteland. archaic yeah. place and so that's just a tiny little thing that i've put in but it might that might take up to 20 minutes mm. if the players are looking at that and then and one of them like goes
0: investigating and then and one and
1: someone goes okay what is can I roll a history check to see what that is and you roll it and then even if you don't know the history of the the large purple worms of the desert um, even if they roll an that 20 you can be like oh yeah well no this is just Yeah, it's a really strange creature. You think you know what it is. You've heard tales of... You've heard tales of... You know, uh, basic uh, improvisation stuff that we've spoken about before. Maybe they then go over there and it's not there anymore, but it's... um left a large hole in the ground. There's and a dungeon. There's a dungeon or, mm. or something, or maybe there's a, a bunch of skeletons.
0: I've actually got a dungeon for a giant worm in my notebook oh, that nice. I drew
1: years ago. Maybe the players roll a history check there on these people or a, a medicine check and you find out, okay, these guys were wood elves. What are mm. wood elves doing out in the middle of the desert? Yeah. And then they... Um, I'm just making this up on the fly. And they say, okay, well, I want to know how old they are. And they're like, oh, these bodies are like 400 years old. Mm. not they And like, how did they mm. die? And you're like, oh, it, like maybe they crit on the medicine check and I'm just going to say their heads exploded. <laughs> and they're like, how did that happen? <laughs> like surely they would yeah. have been eaten or, <laughs> or, or like pushed through from the worm. And they're like, how? I don't know. Um, and then maybe... The worm pops up again and this time it's only like 200 feet away mm-hmm. everyone has to make a wisdom save or they take a bunch of psychic damage yeah. you're like oh that's just how. seeing the worm yeah. makes your head explode now it's this like weird mythical creature it's like a, yeah and I've just come up with that like that's just random stuff maybe that's, have, that's enough that's enough but maybe they just see the worm they go, oh cool okay we carry on mm. well, It doesn't matter because you've only spent literally 10 seconds writing that down
0: and it's just something that's there to make the world feel alive outside of the characters. Exactly. Another tip is to just make up a load of NPC names, write them down and have them just just for those characters that come up that you like. You don't expect to come up, like you drop in an NPC and they say, oh, well, I, I want to go and talk to him or her. Then there you go. You've got a name. It saves you from picking up Xanophers and going through the names in the back to they know you haven't made up a name then. Yeah,
1: it's always handy to have, it's a good one. have on hand as well.
0: So there's this technique that's been floating around the Internet. Uh, for a couple of weeks that I have started to use that I really like uh, called Plot Keys. And this is something that uh, works for either a session and I could assume you could do it for a campaign. Uh, I haven't taken it that far. I've not known it that long, but uh, the idea travels. So basically the idea is that you sit down for your session and instead of thinking right, they're going to go from here to here. They're going to have to have this encounter, this encounter, and this encounter. And this one NPC is going to tell them this, and this is going to show them this, and then they'll get to X, Y, Z. Instead of doing that, you sit down and you say, right, I want one or two, maybe three things Mm. that they will learn. And the plot key is a, think of it as a physical key that unlocks the next part of the story that progresses it onwards. So it could be, if you're doing the campaign, it could be that they learn somehow, the the plot key is they learn that the big bad guy hides out in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that could be one plot key. Another one could be that um, the bad guy has a henchman who's called Jon Snow. There you go. We (laughs) were talking about Game of Thrones. And he knows nothing. Cool. That's another plot key. Um, And then another one could be that he's, I don't know, allergic to apricots because that could be a weakness that they can learn about him yeah mm. gotta be is, honest Ben this is a weak I would uh, be somewhat disappointed if that was his weakness <laughs> okay well look you you can do very good on the fly stuff apparently I can't we, we okay. just attach Maybe... we attach the
1: apricots to the end of our arrows <laughs> <laughs> just fire them at him
0: mate that would be an interesting game <laughs> well, okay so yeah. look right so there's your three plot keys right? I'll tell you
1: back Ben what I would do as my row character is I'd actually diffuse the apricot into a liquid solution right which I would then poison his food with in
0: the castle that okay. he lives in okay so here what you've done is you've taken a rather fun weakness and you've actually made it serious so there you go there you go nothing wrong with your big bad evil guy being allergic to apricots There you go. okay maybe it doesn't kill him maybe it just knocks him out for an hour yeah boom okay so you've got these three plot keys and now you have to just make up a way for them to be introduced so maybe they learn that he lives out in a certain part of the world because um a group of his lackeys like his really low down soldiers who are out and about exploring have notes or a map with an x on it or something like that okay Mm -hmm. so that's one way they could work out that plot key maybe they learn it from a nearby village who has had dealings with their gang coming through and they've heard them talk about where they're going to go back like oh let's go back to base at far foot reach or something maybe they find it out because the big bad evil guy makes an appearance and tells them i don't know it could be anything so you've come up with two or three reasons or ways that the plot key can be discovered and then you just build the encounters around that so then you end up with three encounters one where they come across uh the gang who are camping out One where they come across um, a village and they talk to NPCs and one where the big bad guy makes an appearance kind of in Strahd fashion and taunts them and then leaves. So what you've done there is one plot key, three ways to find it, three possible encounters that they could come across. So you end up with the three plot keys that you've made with nine encounters, six different ways they could find them. And three plot keys that will progress the story because they will find out where to go mm. or a way to get in against this guy the, the general gist of this technique is
1: kind of like what i was saying with bullet points it's just having a very high level view of the scenario and you yeah. can you can fill in the details as you go as you're playing the adventure yeah you don't have to fill in all the details like i'm a very detail oriented planner so i will do that but it, you don't have to um but when
0: you don't have the time to do that
1: when you don't have the time to do that you can just like say take this high level view you just get these few points in in it and in that in that technique you can also maneuver them around a bit you know to Mm. suit what's going on
0: and that's what's nice about it as well because you you come up with these plot keys and you come up with these encounters and then what you realize is you've you can build the session around those encounters because let's say you've got So you've got there, you've got a village, you've got a place where some guy's going to pop up, you've got a bandit camp, right? And then you've got another six that you could use. But you don't have to use all of them. So one of them could be a forest encounter. One of them could be a a seaside encounter, you know. So then your session is built out of locations that they visit. And you just, Mm -hmm. your players decide where they're going to go, but you can drop the hooks for these locations and they decide where they want to go. You take them there, you've got an encounter for that place. And then you can build out your your location as well. So you end up with a list of locations of encounters and plot keys that they can find. Uh, And then you just decide whether you want to sprinkle treasure, gold, magic items, whatever around. and, And you're pretty much there for the bare bones of the session and the rest you can you can use off of your knowledge of the world and the story it doesn't have to be as well that in depth like it doesn't have to be for the overarching story you can do this for a one-off session like let's say your party uh, has stopped halfway through or, or they've got a quest at the end of last session so they they know what they're going to do so you know that their quest is to go and save a um uh, a little girl who's been kidnapped by i don't know uh, a gang of druids or something so you know that, that that's their quest So then you build your plot keys based around that quest. So one of the plot keys would be finding out where the druid gang hides out in the forest. One of them would be uh, finding out that the little girl was wearing a red hood. She's red riding hood. There you go. Um, One of them could be that you find out the the druids, um, their, their hideout. Has uh, a certain is it, is plant. It, is
1: it messed up that when you said Red Hood, I immediately went to the little girl with the red coat on from Schindler's List? I was like, Yes. Okay, not, why did you why, go there? Why did I go there? Why did you go there and not riding Red Riding, riding Hood? <laughs> I was like, what, Are you okay, Joe? Are I don't,
0: I don't right know right? why that, yeah. Hmm, you got a dark yeah, brain going hmm, on there. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, so the other plot key could be that you find out that only a certain type of plant grows near the Druid's Grove or something. And you can find those plot keys by maybe invest uh, investigating the forest or maybe investigating and talking to the parents of the little girl who's been kidnapped, and they say she never goes anywhere without her red coat, and you could find the red coat in the forest along the way, you know. So you come out with... Um with these plot keys and these encounters for just a session rather than just the whole story. But you can use them in conjunction with each other because you can have session-specific plot keys in, in what you're doing with the quest and you can mix in the overall story runs in there too so they can find different ones. And the players don't know they're looking for these things and they don't know how they're going to find them. And maybe you don't know how they're going to find them. You know, you could find out the girl wears a red cloak by the mum and dad. You can find it out by... Her, by maybe her best friend or other NPCs in the village who always see her wearing it, or they could just find the red cloak out in the forest and think and do an investigation check and say, Oh, this is clearly Annabelle's little coat. It's her size. It's in a small.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know. Not exactly definitive evidence. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, if you, I mean, I'd assume as a player, I, I would probably. see yeah. It. yeah, yeah. So that, it's an interesting way to work because you end up with these this list of encounters and um, locations and keys that and and items or, or bits of information that the party is going to find, and you just tie them together based on the the group's decisions on what they do in the session. I find as a DM who who like to i mean i I do have sessions where i plan everything if it's if it's a big climactic thing i've probably thought about everything but if it's just a session in between and i've done it this way it's more fun for me because the party decides where they go and they drive the story more and it keeps me on my toes and that's what i enjoy about dming i enjoy not knowing exactly where it's going to go i don't know what do you think
1: yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm oftentimes I have to reel myself back from being per- possessive over the story and uh, hyper detailing every plan because uh, it does create rigidity. And I think that um, you know there's a, ba- a balance in all things, um, as Thanos would say, and that we we <laughs> need um, flexibility as well as a decent plan. Um, and that's why. I th- you know, going back to Game of Thrones, uh, old George R. Martin is not really, uh, too heavy of a planner, you know, he just sees how things progress.
0: He is a, he is a story planter.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, I've talked that, about this a lot recently. That's a good way to, to go, to be honest. It has its, its pros and cons. Mm. Like I say, you're not going to get, in this sort if you to do this sort of planning every single session, you're, you're not going to get, um, necessarily the big huge payoffs that you want because you're not going to be able to set up things in advance. You're not going to be able to foreshadow stuff because you don't really know where it's going definitively. Yeah. So a, a mixture of this stuff is good but in every now and again to throw in a session like this where you're just going to really fly by the seat of your pants a bit is good. and it keeps you on your toes as a DM as well. Yeah and it just adds variety for the players. You know the players will feel when they've got this extra agency mm. you know and things are, are going well. And you know if, if like if when I see Ben's doing this sort of thing I, I really like to play up as a character yeah, and, and do difficult things. yeah you're, you're a dick I like, I'd ask him things like you know Ben what's the what's the, the family lineage of this, this character we've, but just, like, we've just come across here?
0: some of that stuff I will know because I know my world and some of it I won't one thing I do which is very different from you you plan your your world a lot more than me when I created Esther off for my homebrew I mapped it out and I built out regions and I built hierarchies and populations of of control in different regions and the alliance and stuff like that. But on the actual physical map, I plotted locations. So I plotted my, I think, six cities. I plotted my myriad of, of smaller townships and then a couple of locations. Like there's an island um, for the dragons that's built into the story. There's an island for this, this old library. And there's a, there's this tower called the Tower of the Deep that are all on the map. But the rest of the stuff, the town of Pediwinkle that you, you visited last session, is a town that I built and placed where I needed it, so it's not marked on the map, which has helped because the map that the characters have in game is a regional map anyway, it's not, it only shows the main free roads, it doesn't show all of the side roads and things, so it means that when I'm planning sessions, I can come up with locations and drop them where I want them and need them, and flesh out the world, even though it's fleshed out a lot anyway, and I know these places exist, because they're not marked on the map, I'm not ironclad to where I need them, which is nice, and it's, it's... Quite free and fun to work with.
1: Well, that's just like a, it's like kind of like a basic DMing thing, isn't it? If, if, you know, you, you don't be rigid in your own planning, like I am mm. to, to some degree. You know, like, and you do need to be to some degree because to make certain locations interesting and feel real and realised in the world, yeah. they need to have roots in the place that you create them. You yeah. know, you can't then if you if you can uproot something and drag it somewhere else at uh, 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 sort of you know the drop of a hat. It's gonna be less um, impactful impactful and realised in the world because of you know, but you do need that flexibility at times as well, especially with certain encounters and stuff.
0: Like my cities and my my like known locations, as I refer to them, are are built and rooted and they have history. But my extra towns and provinces and provinces and things that I drop in, they have those connections and they have and I and I know based on where they are on the map the kind of environment that they have. But the rest of it is kind of loose and free and fun to play with. And like like you say, you like to play up as a character when when you know I'm doing this kind of spitballing stuff. but that's that's what keeps me on my toes and that's what I enjoy because some of the stuff you ask me, I will know and if I don't know something, I'm not gonna pretend I'm not gonna sometimes if it's something small and simple that I know is not gonna cause me too much hassle in the future, I will come up with something and I'll plant a seed there and then I'll write it in my notes as I'm playing and I'll and I'll go back to it. But if it's something that's small and inconsequential, uh, no, sorry, that's if it's something small and show. If it's something big and I know I'm going to need to think about the answer, I will just say to you, like, okay, I don't have an answer for that right now. I need to look through my notes. I'll need to tell you later. And that's, that's and the illusion was wrong. broken
1: that day. No. He was no longer a god. No, just see, a mere mortal.
0: There's nothing wrong with doing that. <laughs> yeah. All right, there is nothing wrong with doing that.
1: No, there's not. Although I, I would never spill. The, I would never tell the truth like that. I would, I would lie to the bitter end, even if it's obvious.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't say to you, I haven't written anything. I just say, I don't have that on me right now. I'll get it for you later. Mm-hmm. I'll say, I know. I say, I'll say. You know, I, <laughs> I know what I want to tell you, but I want to make sure it's right. And there's nothing wrong with that, I think.
1: Oftentimes, I'll say I find uh, I don't really do this anymore because again, my, my hyper planning does pay off a lot of the time. But I remember earlier on, I would have things where someone would say something to me, and I'd be making the same on the fly. But I don't really know that, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's." Um yeah, no, that's two hundred years old. That is, yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, what, what, uh, what like cultural region is it from? I'm like, oh, yeah, no. And I'd play it off like this was 100 planned. I, yeah. I, can act it pretty well. But like, oh no, yeah. So you give them a the history check. Yeah, that was from the ancient elves. Yeah, blah blah blah. And at the end of the session, I'm like, guess I'm writing this whole two hundred year history about the ancient elves. That, oh, this contradicts everything. I guess yeah. I'll throw all this other stuff out of the way because yeah. this is the stuff the players See, have that's, seen.
0: That's the problem. You have to be careful with what you say and what you make up on the fly. And as long as you make notes and you don't do anything too deep and and. Rest- restrictive, Then you're okay, um, and I think I think that's where we differ in our styles, though, and which is which is good for for this content, really. yeah. yeah, for content. Um, and there is nothing wrong with either way. It's just a different way of doing it. At the end of the day, as long as you're all having fun, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, so, in 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 game terms, next session that we play. You guys, uh, you've guys, you pretty much told me you're going to go and investigate this dragon that you saw in the distance taking down an airship. So you kind of know the rough idea where the airship went down and you know that the, they were fighting the dragon and the dragon was there and you're going to go and investigate. So I know by the time you get there the dragon's probably not going to be there anymore. So in my head I've got this session idea, this like trying to find your way to the crash site, trying to... The, the, The investigating of the crash site what encounters you get along the way maybe hunting down the dragon if that's decide what you want to do or like that is what i know that's what yeah i know that's what you want to do so you know so i I kind of know the rough session idea of what you want so already in my mind i've got this plan going on
1: just what was the other option by the way like hunt the dragon or like fight the goblins or what what was the other
0: alternative to fighting
1: the dragon
0: well it, it depends what dragon it is doesn't it
1: and whether it's
0: what what the what were the reasons for the conflict that you
1: saw? I don't care what dragon it is. Yeah, I, 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 I do an extra three d six damage to dragon spent and I will be rolling those d sixes. I'm
0: going to make it the nicest dragon <laughs> no, in the world. No, he's going down, mate. just to annoy you. He can
1: be like a gold dragon. I don't get. He's, he's gonna going like, down. He's, he's going to be like Bahamut. I just like, I just like, can I just hack at your tail for a little bit, please? I just need to get some use out of this sword, <laughs> please.
0: Oh dear. Um. So you know, you know, I've got this rough idea, and that's that's the next thing I want to go onto, and kind of what. I said at the beginning to you joe is like you kind of have to know your world one pro to being able to prep quickly is living your game 24 yep. <laughs> 7 and some people will tell you that's not healthy but joe and i will tell you that we do it all the all the blooming time i'm in the shower and i come up with an idea i'm eating breakfast i'm on i'm on air at work i come up with a dnd idea and I'll open up my Google Docs and start typing. I either get them in the shower or just as I'm about to fall asleep. That's a pain. Which is annoying because I
1: don't have to get out of bed and write it down. I have to, otherwise it's gone. Do
0: you know, I once... I've I risked once, it to uh, the morning
1: and it's always
0: gone. Yeah. I once woke up at, like, two in the morning from a dream. And I thought it was incredible. And it was a way to, like, put this fun little spin in this place that I'd built. And a fun little, like, comical break and it's basically like a ghost house that was that was based around a former session that, that the party had been through and it was going to be really fun and interesting and, I, and in my mind like I I was DMing the dream I was DMing the session and I remembered everything and I remembered the notes and I remembered the party's reactions I was like that's great and I started writing notes on my phone but you know when you're half asleep and you write like you write down notes I woke up and it didn't make any sense <laughs> so I was talking to Phoebe about it and I was trying to remember it and I was like telling her and she was like yeah that sounds kind of cool and I was like no but there was more and I ended up ditching it because I couldn't remember it but that is devastating yeah, when that happens. Devastating, but if you're if you're thinking about your game or you're thinking about your stories, like if you're that into D D, you're you're doing it naturally anyway. Um, if you're enjoying it and if you're, if I mean, if you're listening to a anD podcast in your spare time, you're probably as obsessed with the game as we are, and you're obsessed mm. with storytelling as we are. So you're probably thinking about the game anyway. And if you come up with an idea, jot it down. I've got so many old notes on my phone from from like ideas and session plans and things have it I used to carry a notebook around with me and I and it when I was bored I'd draw a dungeon
1: I'm, you know? I'm, I'm literally checking my notes right now to see if I still have some I, I, I might let's... have delete them because I think I moved them to my uh, okay come do you know what I have I have two ones I don't even know what any of these about I've got one told D&D Giants War
0: I've That's got, cool. I've got Gentleman. another one
1: called The Councillors. So, okay, I've got one about the ancient history of Novenia and it when it was ran by the um the elves how uh, essentially their uh, government structure on sorry, here sorry. for some reason.
0: Most important note on my phone right at the top is uh, the toilet code that you get on the receipt at Costa so that I don't have to buy something to use there <laughs> Do You know, I I have one for the podcast here. it's just making myself laugh, um, sorry. obnoxious.
1: Oh, yeah, I've got a note on here uh, called podcast tips. And uh, because I remember listening to a podca- one of our own podcasts back yeah. a while ago, and yeah. it just says, stop umming and erring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I've laughs> I don't got, think I've improved um,
1: there just yet.
0: Okay, so I've got one here that says so one of our characters is, is an Azamar. So I've got uh, where's Dash, Dava Dash, and then some notes. Um, I've got it. It just says dragons, famous ones, names, stories, etc., Info brush up for you, Ben. <laughs> and then I've got, uh, a bit about Galahad's mother written there. I've got another one that says, um, uh, the return of the curse of Strad, which has had, it's just got some, uh, like a session plan. All on these notes,
1: my, I'm reading them now and they're like the ramblings of a madman. Yeah. Seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't, D and D world notes. So half of these will have, will have like, don't exist anymore. Um, an azamar npc that accompanies the party that didn't happen uh each main city has a specialist wizard which did happen um diplomatic arguments between alliance cities and loner city (laughs) loner city (laughs) that was my note uh necromancer trying to perfect his technique before reviving his dead wife i've got that one in there
1: I've got a cool one. So I'm just reading these now. I have what chair each of the government officials of this ancient elvish city sits on. The wizard sits on a chair made of crystal. The this fi- is cool. The fire sits on a chair made of weapons. The Whisperer slash watcher, <laughs> so the original watcher, sits on a chair made of obsidian dragonstone. And the cleric sits on a chair made of wood.
0: So I've got a Clerics note Cleric all
1: sort of gets uh, shafted on that one. I have a honest. note here, right?
0: that just says straw bear. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> right, which is based off of a uh, a festival that happens in Whittlesea. Is it Whittlesea? I think it's Whittlesea. Why are you asking me like I know? Right, I'm asking myself, sorry. it's One of our players lives near this place and um, it, there's a festival that happens there called the Straw Bear Festival and basically it's an excuse for everyone to go out at 9am and do a pub crawl and in the middle of the day, every, it's really, like, this is, this is a, a farm village, right? So people wear, like, black paint on their face. I do not. Um, I do not. To <laughs> no,
1: let's just clarify that. And, and at one point,
0: at, PC. at one point, the, um, during the festival, there's like a parade and there's like Morris dancers and stuff. And at the front of the parade, there are four people, one in dressed up in bear costumes made of straw. And one of them is a big bear. One of them is a mummy bear. One of them is a baby bear. And I think there's two baby bears, like a slightly smaller baby bear and a bigger baby bear. And they walk around and dance and people like cheer and film it. It's weird. I don't know why I've been once or twice it's a good excuse to, have, to drink beer all day, basically. And um, <laughs> and it's, it's usually in the summer, so it's a like, nice like long day, so you drink for like f- seven hours or something stupid, and then you have lunch halfway through. Um, but I've written that as a note because I had a plan for my D&D world to build the festival <laughs> in one of the villages, but the straw bear wasn't going to be a person. It was going to be a construct that went on a rampage. Ooh, yeah. I like it. So that's a note. But the thing is, all I've written is straw bear, but I remember it. So that's fun. I've written Kubo and the Two Strings as well because I really like that movie. <laughs> Just random note. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, I've got a really explicit one, but I don't want to tell you that one. A brother and sister act. Red Herring always lies, but Misdirection tells the truth. So it's a brother and sister called Red Herring and, misd- and Misdirection.
1: <laughs> I have got one on here for a Stranger Things style game. I want to run. Yeah, but I, I can't disclose those notes. That's but the fair. point is. You only need a few notes to run a session essentially. Well
0: look at that. I needed two words and I've got a whole encounter based on a village. Which I'll probably drop in. Because yeah. our player will no- will get that reference in It's also
1: it. good as well to build up this kind of database of little notes that spur your creative mind to go on into like more detail. Like like that sort of note for the straw bear. And mm-hmm. if you can build up a database of those, when you do come you're like, Oh, I've just sort of this kind of organise this D D session out of the blue and I've got like half an hour to plan it really. You can be like, Oh, I'll just go back into this database of notes I've got and I'll just pull a few things out.
0: Yeah. It's like like us, when we sit and talk about um, about this for podcasts, and we talk about different ep- different things for different episodes, the amount of times we've sat and come up with a string of ideas that I really enjoy um, impresses me. Warthog and just, mate, Warthog the, will Warthog be made needs it, to happen. That has to happen. Um, but just us talking about it is, uh, it, it gets you my mind don't know going. Warthog
1: is our like sort of one shot slash like five session. Um, it's like really essentially one shot. Um, Harry Potter esque Hogwarts Adventure that's where the name Warhog comes yeah. from it's an episode go back and but it's kind it. of it's uh, incredible. It's like, a, like a bizarro version of <laughs>
0: it is I still <laughs> one of my favourite we made my up of rules ideas. for it and everything I'm about so how you interested. level up and
1: like you. it's like a roguelite so your characters keep dying and coming oh my back God. maybe
0: oh. maybe if we ever launch a Patreon one of the um. awards could be to uh, <laughs> have all these rules for <laughs> Yeah. And, and run your own session
1: I don't know we'll have to get around to making it at some point because that would be I great. think we
0: should I think even if we do it as a one-on-one at first to test it out like we, we can build it together you and I as DMs and then you can run it for me and I can run it for you and then once we, we've we perfected it we can run it for a group and or like report back. we run it back. simultaneously. Well that's what James and I are going to do. No but I mean at the same time. That's what James and I are going to do. But
1: we're both behind the DM <laughs> yeah, screen.
0: I think it's an incredible idea. I think we should do it. We just need to find the time mate. Yeah. He that says would be great. seeing as we don't play often. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. We just
1: sit here talking about it instead. Yeah. But Yes, so so look. the there's... gist is you don't need a lot, just a few bullet points, even a one-sentence idea. Like I said, I think using visuals is a really good idea yeah, that it's... you can just build upon. It's and if you've got a time after, like you've come up with this visual, you've wrote the rest of the, the session, and then you've got a little bit of time at the end, you can come back be like, okay, giant worm uh, pops up from desert, 1,000 feet away, you can be under that, you can be like... um, you could be like DC 15 investigation check or DC 15 history check um, and then you have a couple of bullet points about the history yeah, of the giant yeah. purple worm of the desert maybe one of the players has heard a folk tale about it mm. maybe you like okay and then you could like as another little note you just don't thrash it you could be like you could be like um, worshipped by scorpion people
0: what does that even mean? I don't, I don't know, know, but I but like there's, it. There's a lot there. <laughs> well, I like that scorpion it is, it is. people. Maybe they're just like re-skinned Yonti.
1: I was just thinking. I like that. I was just thinking that they were like the Rock from the Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But but in my mind, that's kind of like they're kind of like the Yonty, I think, that, but instead I think they exist in the Monster like, Manual. No? I
1: think there are loads.
0: I don't know. I think so. I can't remember. I like it though. I love it. Um, one other one, uh, which is a bit of a cop-out answer, is of course the monster—not uh, the monster, the DM's guide and um, like volos and things like that—they have like tables that you can roll on or if you don't want to roll on them you just read them that will generate dungeons for you so if you're thinking well how does this help me when i know that the party are going to visit a dungeon that i haven't created dmg is your friend
1: my friend also you can just pop on google for like two minutes and just grab so, a that dungeon is something i do often.
0: i do it for villages if i know you're going to visit a village and i just don't have the time to draw one i will just pinterest is your best friend mm. just search for D&D village maps and a lot of the time they'll be much more detailed than something that you will come up with on the fly or in the 20 minutes you've got to prep because See, they'll they'll list like what the buildings are as well you my, my ridiculous
1: like overplaying OCD ocds doesn't allow for that because i'm like if i build a village i'm like okay yeah but everyone's name needs to be old norse and it also needs to mean something See, in english which connects to their backstory way too so much I, I'm like, I can't really build a village on the fly it just doesn't happen <laughs> i've spend the next 10 hours googling old norse words yeah yeah that's, I don't. Honestly, I almost wish I didn't do it because it it, it makes so much extra Joe, work.
0: You say I have a problem with buying books. You have a problem with over preparing. This is I true. Mean, it is true. You know, I could stop any time. No, you no. Neither of us can. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you know what? A a side side story. A um, a listener messaged us on Twitter, which you can do at any time at We Speak Common, by the way. Mm -hmm. Our DMs are open. Uh, Christian, I think his name was, he slid into the DMs and he said, oh, could you check out this Kickstarter? Um, because I'm really interested in it and I think it would be really cool to hear you talking about it. This was the 1 to 21, right? Y- well, yeah. So it's a Kickstarter. It's called uh, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords and it's uh, sword and sorcery in Greek mythology put- built together and it's uh, the guys making it worked on Knights in the Old Republic and Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and loads of other video game stuff. It's and very it. cool. And, uh, it's really cool. Um, and originally it, the they, they reached their goal 900 and like... 90% or something they got like 440 grand um they did an incredible incredible kickstarter uh, but it's it was originally gonna be levels one to ten with extra content for their stretch goals they met, met all of their stretch goals so it's now levels one to 15 with 15 plus level content and um like they're they they've got new subclass options it all goes along with the 5e rules and classes and things but they've also got this interesting thing called epic paths which build to the story um google it odyssey of the dragon lords i ended up backing it because I have an issue I have a problem mm. and just by being told about it made me want to back it however I'm getting um, the digital copies the physical copies and a dm screen so that's gonna be fun it does sound quite um, good though to be fair I it's lo- gonna be really interesting it's like the, the theme of it was like jason and the argonauts and odyssey and that I kind of that. stuff I love that. so um i'm they're, they're set to release the digital stuff in july that's what they're aiming for and then the actual physical in september so when july rolls around i can give you guys hopefully one of our campaigns will have come to an end by then i can give you guys like the player's guide to to have a look through and build your characters and i can start reading the book but and it's one of those games where it's all um, sandbox as well so like if you find a dragon go ahead mate there's a dragon there
1: our games never end though we just make more games
0: yeah is the issue that is the issue and my, my one because my we bit... never want to let a
1: character go unless it gets to 20 we, we never give... like we had that one shot of like that dragon one and we've played like five sessions of that to get it to 20 yeah when that was supposed to just be like a level 16 one shot now we're all level 19 I know I and know. it's just we've got
0: two more sessions of that left but we only do that one at like birthdays because <laughs> we play, play it for like nine hours straight
1: yeah that so is that Ones, that that's is, kind
0: of a, okay it's a special one that is a special one but like with my homebrew you're nearly at level 10 and i can either let a character go at level 10 or i can let them go at level 20 and you're going to go past level 10 oh, for yeah, sure i don't think i can let go, I go but um yet. christian if you're listening i hope you still are uh thanks for dropping into our dms i i you've you've <laughs> made are me you spend some a stroke some <laughs> some money <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> toast i guess toast he's overwhelmed with <laughs> emotion doom um <laughs> I back the Kickstarter, so we will talk about it in the future when it's when it's released. And I've had a chance to read through it because what will be interesting, I think, for most listeners outside of those who want to play the game is that the the epic paths in the players book, which give you like more enhanced backstory things is really interesting. You can actually get the player's guide for free. Uh, it's not the complete version because they have gotten new stuff through the, the Kickstarter through Stretch Goals but it it gives you some epic paths to look at and so what are
1: these like, these are like just background yeah
0: so it's kind of like say so there's some for if you're visiting the world as a new person or if you're built in the world they have like story um, history stuff they have these characters called Dragon Lords who in the story like rose up and
1: so it's kind of like uh, dragon age origins where they like you pick your origin story yeah, kind, of, kind of, yeah. of beforehand which yeah. is kind of cool
0: and um, and so like they have quests like one of them might be that you have to fulfill a prophecy or you have to find a certain magic item or and they have like two or three quests kind of like in your game you know how you come up with these bonds that gain you more experience mm-hmm. it's kind of like that that's yeah, kind of cool but they're they're in, intoxicated into your intoxicated is not a word um, in, integrated into your yes um your backstory and it's, it's really cool. So we will talk about that in the future when it's released and we've got a chance to go through the rules. Um, so thanks for that, Christian. I have bought it and I will be running it at some point.
1: Christian, you need to stop enabling these people. <laughs> we need to cut them off. Is it off. Christian? I'm hoping his name's Christian. I'm going to check. We need to cut them off and, uh, you know, just go cold turkey. Uh, don't, don't do that. I, don't want I mean, I books. really want to finish a game at some point i, 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 well, I don't think the thing. I've, One of the thing. The... I've never actually finished a DD game i don't even know what that means uh i have it's fun yeah
0: well, christian he uh listens from the 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 from new jersey new jersey he did think i was called Dan though mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right i told him i corrected him um Cool. Yeah. We we will finish a game. That was one of the things I didn't want to buy it if if it was just gonna go on the shelf and we're gonna use it, but well I've only got two adventures to run. One of them is Waterdeep, which is coming up in two sessions, and the other is Tim of Annihilation, which uh, will happen as well. And at some I really point. want to play that one. I
1: really want to play that one. Although I, I really want to play a wizard as my next character. But, but not I can't him. help but Feel the optimization of playing a cleric in an undead adventure like Team of Annihilation because you can turn the undead, Ben. Yeah, I know. They're made for it. I know, mate. I know. So, my optimization and my desire to play a wizard are sort of clashing right now, <laughs> but I think I will probably go with a wizard. Well, for team? Mm.
0: that'd be interesting. Yeah, do you want to start at level one or three?
1: Might as well do one, I reckon. Yeah. Although, I really don't want him to die, but one well level i've one, only been thinking about to this to character three. for like two years so. levels
0: one to three are set in the in the port town of port Naranzai, so it's mm. kind of it's kind of okay
1: yeah that will be fun i mean wizards can't suck at level one but i'll get i'll get by
0: yeah but there's like social stuff you can is do is there to level
1: opportunity up. to find and add spells to my book in this adventure because if we're just trekking through the jungle uh, not really i presume uh,
0: yes and no because when you're trekking through the jungle you can run into the red wizards of the fae you can kill and steal their wizard books if you wanted good, to because um, I really
1: I like by the time this character gets to like level 10 I want his wizard book to be thick that's what I'm doing with, with Orlo with two
0: C's Ben yeah thick, thick. yeah mm. Yeah. that's kind of when I'm a wizard that's the one thing I want to do is like find more magic well, it's like a mini game in and of itself like how just how many spells can you get in this all. book yeah, yeah exactly. exactly it's like a little Pokemon game I've got to the point now where my spell list on the front of my one page character sheet is too small so there you go yeah that's that's the dream um, just becoming what level is Orlo four. Oh, hmm. mm. And in Waterdeep,
1: you can buy spells. <laughs> What's your third level spell slot going to be? What are you going to get? going uh, to get a cheeky hypnotic pan? Cheeky fireball?
0: I probably will get fireball because I've got like five fire spells now.
1: A bit of a naughty slow. Uh, um, bit of a naughty slow in Probably there. will
0: get slow, That would yeah. be a
1: good one. It is a good one. I can't think what other...
0: Off the top of my head, I can't. Don't but... get haste, not worth it. No, not worth, not, not, it. Not worth I'm not, it. I'm not about buffing other people. No. i about looking after myself one and only. Yeah. Yeah. we've gone off the tangent but, we have um, I think there's a lot there for you to prep in less than 20 I minutes I hope
1: some of that rambling can be used to good
0: and we've also effect. just told told you that we're going to be talking about some cool epic path stuff for characters at some point mm-hmm. um, I'll send it's you like a after credit scene it, like, it hyped you up for the next film you but know? you don't know when it's going to <laughs> no you don't <laughs> I will I will send you the player's guide you can find it's on I think it's on drive-thru RPG but if you search Odyssey the Dragon King you can find uh, Dragon Lords you can find a um, link to it it's it's free and it gives you a snippet a taste of what you can expect to come in July when they release it so, also
1: release. just a little note I think I've uh, come across here mhm there are not enough locked doors in D and I'm just going to put it that way. Yeah. I have a character whose sole focus is unlocking doors. There will and be in
0: Dragonheist. I think so because it's in the city. It's city. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it just there needs to be more locked doors. There's to unlock. lots lots of more locked doors in in the city for you. Don't worry. However, um, it is kind of not as fun when you can just roll a dice and unlock them. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's fun though. It is kind of fun because it's like. I, I like describing the way he uses the little thieves tools. Orlo's gonna.
0: Orlo's got knock now, just so that he can annoy you. So he can just be like, "It's unlocked now."
1: <laughs> yeah, but then it alerts everyone in like a fucking three hundred feet radius, and uh, it's like it's not three hundred. It's pretty... It's like 100. It's pretty wide radius. So when we're doing covert ops, I don't think that's no, going to...
0: No, that's true. Unless you cast um, silence first and mm, then you knock. Mm. Also, I gave... When I DM'd for, for your character and a character who's going to be in water Deep who are going to meet up again, he got a magic item called the anti-skeleton key, <laughs> which locks doors instead of unlocks them. I like it. Which is fun. I like it indeed. Yeah. Okay, um, well, look, we're gonna we're gonna go now. I think so. Hopefully, you've got something there, and you can prep in under twenty minutes. Uh, and you, with practice, you definitely can. Um,
1: and if not keep listening because one day you'll find something useful on this podcast I mean just like sort of it's kind of like that thing where you know if you were to give a monkey like infinite time and a typewriter, eventually they'd write Shakespeare eventually you will enjoy the podcast just think of it that
0: way (laughs) yeah if you didn't like the first episode listen to another five and you probably will eventually (laughs) and if not listen to another five yeah (laughs) (laughs) until you're up to date and then you're addicted yes yeah Uh, if you want to get involved if you want to chat to us we are on Twitter at we speak common and uh, of course we have the email we speak common at Hotmail.com. slide
1: in there give us a little cheeky winky
0: face we love that the DMs are always open mm. alright cool thank you Jay no worries see you later goodbye thanks for listening today if you like the podcast do us a favour leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends you can get in touch with us on twitter at we speak common or through the email we speak at hotmail.com the music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.